0: Section sixty eight of Man and Wife. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Man and Wife by Wilkie Collins. Epilogue A Morning Call. One. The newspapers have announced the return of Lord and Lady Holchester to their residence in London after an absence on the continent of more than six months. It is the height of the season. All day long, within the canonical hours, the door of the Holchester house is perpetually opening to receive visitors. The vast majority leave their cards and go away again. Certain privileged individuals only get out of their carriages and enter the house among these last arriving at an earlier hour than is customary is a person of distinction who is positively bent on seeing either the master or the mistress of the house and who will take no denial while this person is parleying with the chief of the servants lord holchester passing from one room to another happens to cross the inner end of the hall the person instantly darts at him with a cry of dear lord holchester julius turns and sees lady lundie he is fairly caught and he gives way with his best grace as he opens the door of the nearest room for her ladyship he furtively consults his watch and says in his most inmost soul how am i to get rid of her before the others come lady lundie settles down on a sofa in a whirlwind of silk and lace and becomes in her own majestic way perfectly charming she makes the most affectionate inquiries about lady holchester about the dowager lady holchester about julius himself where have they been what have they seen have time and change helped them to recover the shock of that dreadful event to which lady lundie dare not more particularly allude julius answers resignedly and a little absently He makes polite inquiries on his side as to her ladyship's plans and proceedings, with a mind uneasily conscious of the inexorable lapse of time, and of certain probabilities which that lapse may bring with it. Lady Lundy has very little to say about herself. She is only in town for a few weeks. Her life is a life of retirement my modest round of duties at windygate lord holchester occasionally relieved when my mind is overworked by the society of a few earnest friends whose views harmonize with my own my existence passes not quite uselessly i hope in that way i have no news i see nothing except indeed yesterday a sight of the saddest kind she pauses there julius observes that he is expected to make inquiries and makes them accordingly Lady Lundy hesitates, announces that her news refers to that painful past event, which she has already touched on, acknowledges that she could not find herself in London without feeling an act of duty involved in making inquiries at the asylum in which Hester Dethridge is confined for life, announces that she has not only made the inquiries, but has seen the unhappy woman herself, has spoken to her has found her unconscious of her dreadful position incapable of the smallest exertion of memory resigned to the existence that she leads and likely in the opinion of the medical superintendent to live for some years to come having stated these facts her ladyship is about to make a few of those remarks appropriate to the occasion in which she excels when the door opens and Lady Holchester in search of her missing husband enters the room. Two, there is a new outburst of affectionate interest on Lady Lundy's part, met civilly but not cordially by Lady Holchester. Julius's wife seems, like Julius, to be uneasily conscious of the lapse of time. Like Julius again, she privately wonders how long Lady Lundy is going to stay lady lundie shows no signs of leaving the sofa she has evidently come to holchester house to say something and she has not said it yet is she going to say it yes she is going to get by a roundabout way to the object in view she has another inquiry of the affectionate sort to make may she be permitted to resume the subject of lord and lady holchester's travels they have been at rome can they confirm the shocking intelligence which has reached her of the apostasy of mrs glenarm lady holchester can confirm it by personal experience mrs glenarm has renounced the world and has taken refuge in the bosom of the holy catholic church lady holchester has seen her in a convent at rome she is passing through the period of her probation and she is resolved to take the veil lady lundie as a good protestant lifts her hands in horror Declares the topic to be too painful to dwell on and by way of varying it goes straight to the point at last Has lady holchester in the course of her continental experience? happened to meet with or to hear of mrs. Arnold Brinkworth I have ceased as you know to hold any communication with my relatives lady Lundy explains the course they took at the time of our family trial The sympathy they felt with a person whom I cannot even now trust myself to name more particularly Alienated us from each other. I may be grieved dear lady holchester But I bear no malice and I shall always feel a motherly interest in hearing of Blanche's welfare I have been told that she and her husband were traveling at the time when you and Lord holchester were traveling did you meet with them? Julius and his wife looked at each other Lord holchester is dumb Lady holchester replies We saw mr. And mrs. Arnold Brinkworth at florence and afterwards at Naples lady lundie They returned to England a week since in anticipation of a certain happy event Which will possibly increase the members of your family circle? They are now in London Indeed I may tell you that we expect them here to lunch today Having made this plain statement lady holchester looks at lady lundie if that doesn't hasten her departure nothing will quite useless lady lundie holds her ground having heard absolutely nothing of her relatives for the last six months she is burning with curiosity to hear more there is a name she has not mentioned yet she places a certain constraint upon herself and mentions it now and sir patrick says her ladyship subsiding into a gentle melancholy suggestive of past injuries condoned by christian forgiveness i only know what report tells me did you meet with sir patrick at florence and naples also julius and his wife look at each other again the clock in the hall strikes julius shudders lady holchester's patience begins to give way there is an awkward pause somebody must say something as before lady holchester replies sir patrick went abroad lady Lundy, with his niece and her husband and sir patrick has come back with them in good health her ladyship inquires younger than ever lady holchester rejoins lady Lundy smiles satirically lady holchester notices the smile decides that mercy shown to this woman is mercy misplaced And announces to her husband's horror that she has news to tell of sir patrick which will probably take his sister-in-law by surprise Lady lundie awaits eagerly to hear what the news is it is no secret Lady holchester proceeds though. It is only known as yet to a few intimate friends Sir Patrick has made an important change in his life Lady lundie's charming smile suddenly dies out sir patrick is not only a very clever and a very agreeable man lady holchester resumes a little maliciously He is also in all his habits and ways as you well know a man younger than his years who still possesses many of the qualities Which seldom fail to attract women? Lady lundie starts to her feet you don't mean to tell me lady holchester that sir patrick is married I do her ladyship drops back on the sofa Helpless really and truly helpless under the double blow that has fallen on her She is not only struck out of her place as the chief woman of the family But still on the right side of Forty she is socially Superannuated as the Dowager Lady Lundy for the rest of her life At his age she exclaims as soon as she can speak Pardon me for reminding you Lady Holchester answers that plenty of men marry at Sir Patrick's age In his case it is only due to him to say that his motive raises him beyond the reach of ridicule or reproach His marriage is a good action in the highest sense of the word It does honor to him as well as to the lady who shares his position and his name a Young girl of course is lady Lundy's next remark No a woman who has been tried by no common suffering and who has borne her hard lot nobly A woman who deserves the calmer and the happier life on which she is entering now May I ask who she is? Before the question can be answered a knock at the house door announces the arrival of visitors For the third time Julius and his wife look at each other on this occasion Julius interferes my wife has already told you lady Lundy that we expect mr. And mrs. Brinkworth to lunch sir Patrick and the new lady Lundy accompany them if I am mistaken in supposing that it might not be quite agreeable to you to meet them I can only ask your pardon if I am right I will leave lady holchester to receive our friends and will do myself the honor of taking you into another room He advances to the door of an inner room he offers his arm to lady Lundy her ladyship stands immovable determined to see the woman who has supplanted her in a moment more The door of entrance from the hall is thrown open, and the servant announces Sir Patrick and Lady Lundy, Mr and Mrs. Arnold Brinkworth. Lady Lundy looks at the woman who has taken her place at the head of the family and sees Anne Sylvester End of Section sixty eight End of Man and Wife By Wilkie Collins